There are times in our life when we hear something we can immediately understand and kind of download the information as to what that means. And then there are times in our life when we have heard something and we have no clue or no understanding and we attempt to understand it based on what we know now. And that's kind of the notion of what it means to be a shepherd. See, in Jesus' time, a shepherd was someone that was well-known and understood. Their role within the community, their role on the fields, was well understood. But I fear in the year 2022, we have a very poor sense of what a shepherd actually is. When we think of a shepherd, we probably think of someone who is to care for the sheep, who perhaps cleans up after them, who guides them in the fields and makes sure the wolves don't get them. But the reality is, is a shepherd is so much more. The shepherd spends his entire life with his sheep. Everything that he has, he gives to them. He sleeps with them. He eats with them. Hopefully not the same food. But nonetheless, he spends every waking moment of every day with his sheep. And so his sheep know him. They know him as the head of their flock, as the protector, as the one that will guide them as the one that will ensure that nothing evil or bad will happen to them. And so the shepherd naturally trusts the sheep. And the sheep naturally trust the shepherd. Because they know each other so intimately well. And Jesus understands this. And so when he says to his disciples that he is the good shepherd, his disciples fully understand exactly what he means. That he is one who gives everything of himself to his flock, to his sheep, to the people that God the Father has given him to offer salvation to. Jesus says in the gospel reading tonight, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. When we hear about shepherds in the field calling the sheep, we know that the sheep immediately respond to the voice of a shepherd, to their shepherd, and only their shepherd. If someone else were to come into the fields and call for the sheep, they would simply ignore him, because they know it's not their shepherd, their master. And so Jesus, in saying, My sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. He's saying to us that he is the leader, that we as the sheep are the followers, that he gives of himself entirely, and we are called to trust him entirely, to respond immediately to the voice of the shepherd. And that sounds pretty simple if you think about it. But there's one problem, one problem that I think all of us struggle with, knowing what the shepherd's voice sounds like. So often in our lives, we are sheep that are just out in the field on our own. We have a shepherd there, but we don't respond to him fully because we don't know his voice. Because so often we refuse to listen to it. The voice of Jesus is not one that's booming from the clouds as we hear God the Father speak. 
but rather one that is in silence, speaking through things that we can understand internally, giving us a good sense of joy. What we experience in the reading from the Acts of the Apostles today is quite interesting. This is the post-Damascus, if you will, of St. Paul. We know the story of Paul before was Saul, was a persecutor of the church, was a persecutor of Christians, and desired to bring harm to them. And on the road to the Damascus, he experienced, after Jesus' resurrection, the Lord before him. He comes to him, and he says to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul's response to Jesus is, who are you? And he says, I am Jesus of Nazareth, who you are persecuting. And immediately a white light blinds Paul for three days. And in that three days, he gets to experience the beauty of God's goodness through prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And then, when Jesus sends Ananias to Paul to heal him, to give his vision back, Paul immediately desires to be baptized. He has heard the word of God and he has responded to it. But today in the reading from the Acts of the Apostles, we see the flip side of the coin. Now it's Paul getting persecuted for speaking the truth of Jesus Christ. Both Paul and Barnabas spoke boldly and said it was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first. But since you have rejected it and condemned yourselves as unworthy to eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. Perhaps they will listen. This is something quite interesting because all throughout history we have heard of the Jewish people being God's holy chosen people. And it was Jesus as a Jew who brought forward salvation. But those chosen by God refused to listen when they heard the voice of their shepherd. And so now we turn to the Gentiles, the ones who were not chosen by God. But since you reject it and condemn yourselves as unworthy of eternal life, they say, you have chosen to deny God's goodness. For God, for the, so the Lord has commanded us, he goes on, I have made you a light to the Gentiles, that you may be an instrument of salvation to the ends of the earth, that you may take what you have experienced, what you have heard within these, in these words, and preach them to the world. And the Gentiles were delighted. They desired this. They desired to hear God's word. And so they glorified the word of the Lord. And what has happened? What has happened when they heard and glorified the word of the Lord? Those who were destined to eternal life came to believe. And the word of the Lord continued to spread throughout the whole region. But as I, as I said, Paul's experiencing persecution. The Jews continue to persecute Paul and Barnabas. 
And they kicked them out of the city and expelled them from the territory. But what is so beautiful, what is so beautiful about this is the last sentence of this reading. In their persecution, the disciples were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. With joy. And the persecution that they were experiencing, being cast out of their own society, they experienced joy because they were doing the will of God. They were responding to his word. And in doing the will of God, they brought many, many souls to believe and to choose salvation. So often in our lives, we equate the notion of joy with that of happiness. That if we are happy, we are joyful. And we, when we are unhappy, we are no longer joyful. And I think equating those two, defining them as the same, is a big, big mistake. Because happiness comes and goes. It's but a feeling. It goes with the wind, if you will. But joy, true joy, in Jesus Christ exists at all times. Because joy gives us hope. It allows us to experience God's goodness and to respond to it. It allows us to hear his voice when he speaks. My brothers and sisters, every day in our lives, we have to choose whether or not we are going to allow the joy of this gospel to bring us to believe even deeper, to respond even more, to be willing to step out of our own comfort zone and speak truth, especially when it's painful and it brings persecution. Because without us, Christians who believe in this word, this world will fall apart even further and faster than it has already. God has called us to something great. He's given us the power, the authority, and as such the responsibility. We have to be willing to have courage to stand up for truth. To proclaim Jesus Christ in our own lives, our own society, our own governments, our own families, everywhere. For we are not simply Christian on Sunday, but every day, and every moment of every day. So let us ask for the prayers of St. Paul and Barnabas today. To have the courage that they had to stand up, to speak, regardless of the persecution. So that we may have joy in hearing the shepherd's voice.